Hello, listeners. This is yours truly here with another set of resources, especially for nursing students. For undergraduate students, there is both a general scholarship program and promise of nursing program. The scholarships look at a specific criteria and may reflect specialized areas such as oncology, critical care, or emergency nursing. Funding is up to $7,500 per academic year. For graduate students, there is a Promise of Nursing Faculty Fellowship available on a rolling basis to prepare registered nurses to be nurse educators. Funding ranges from $1,000 to $7,500 per academic year. For more information about these scholarships and fellowships, visit forevernursing.org or see the show notes. Welcome to another episode of Project First Gen. I'm your host, Chavi. And I'm Teddy Vo. And today we have a very special guest with us. Did you know, Teddy, that 65% of undergraduate students are enrolled full-time in the United States? I have no idea about it. And today we have the opportunity to talk to one of the students today. So, Hi, my name is Stephanie Sanchez, first-generation college student, I'm currently in Seattle University's nursing program. Wow. Hi, Stephanie. Stephanie. Yay. Let's welcome her. So, Stephanie, could you tell us a little bit about your background and upbringing? Um, I am Puerto Rican by nationality, um, raised by a single parent. Um, My mom um, had me and my sister by the time she was 18 years old. Um, So going to college was never a priority um, in regards to um, sustainability, right? So she did the best that she could, attain certifications, but um, never really pressed me to go to college um, beyond just attaining a good-paying job. And so through this process, what motivated you to pursue a college education? I definitely always wanted to be a nurse. It's something that um, I always had in the back of my mind. But what really pushed me to go back to school was the in control that I had over my life in the sense that my employer would change my hours at any given Sunday. They would cut my schedule, the fear of losing my job. And I just got to a place where I wanted to be in control of my destiny and not in control. Like I didn't want the job to be in control of what I was capable or not capable of doing. And so at that point, I wanted to be in demand. And so I wanted a job to have to have me versus me have to have that job. Yeah, that's a rough experience. Yeah, that's that's really tough. You know, like it really reminds me about um, my applications process to Seattle U because I used to be an economist student. You know, like I was writing economist and I was like, I need to be an economist. And then I changed my mind and I shifted to journalism because I kind of feel like I want to be in demand instead of being... Like, like people, like I have to be, um, to look for people. People have to look for me. I want to be like that. I want to be in demand instead of demand people to do something for me. Um, but Stephanie, do you have any fears or concerns before going to college? Because I guess, you know, like it's, it's really common things between college students. Um, I definitely had a lot of concerns, although you can see and the audience can see, I am not your spring chicken. I am um, a middle-aged Hispanic woman with a family, um, a husband, and three children. So definitely going back to school, I had a lot of concerns in regard uh, to sustainability, um, support, um, knowing that the RN program is very rigorous and 
clinicals. They don't like adjust to anybody's lifestyles. It's uh, whatever you get is what you get. And it's not a program where you get enough notification to plan your life around. It's kind of like your life has to be planned around the program, if that makes sense. So I had a lot of concerns. And honestly, every quarter I have a lot of variables. It's just a matter of deciphering what's more important at the moment. And usually it is my family who takes the hit more than my education. But we understand that it's only a season. So, you know, you mentioned that your family takes a hit. Could you talk a little bit about some of the fears or concerns that your family has of you or some of the expectations that they have of you? Um, when I mean like my family takes a hit is that they experience the, um, the, I don't know how to say it, like if I'm frustrated with the school, they feel it because I display, right, mm-hmm. that you're displaying that stress towards them. Um And then you make people feel like they're not doing enough when they really are doing enough, but you're displaying your frustrations really with the school and the program, but you can't do anything to control that. So the only thing you can control is your atmosphere. And so, um, yeah, that's what I mean. Like they really do take a hit. And then um, beyond like tuition, there's a lot of additional costs that the nursing program Um, entails with books, scrubs, supplies, materials that are not encompassed into your tuition. And so um, already living on a small income, like us as a family of five, we live off of uh, um, $3,500, $3,500 a year. Mm -hmm. So that's very, very, very small amount. And so to have to take any of that to pay for parking, to pay for the right nursing shoes, the stethoscopes and all that stuff is a, a sacrifice on their part. I really love when you mentioned this about sacrifice, you know, like you love nursing and it's not an easy part, you know, like you, you have to sacrifice something for it. Um, we're going to back to the applications process. Was there any challenge for you when you applied uh, for nursing program? Because I heard there's some drawbacks for law students and nursing students when they applied for Seattle U. Um, I didn't experience any um, difficulties applying. Um, They did waive the application fee Mm -hmm. um, when you were able to produce uh, evidence that you're of low income. It was a stronger, like a longer process um, to do that. And sometimes it's better to just fork up the money first and then get refunded for it later because the application um, period is very, very short. But I did appreciate that Seattle University didn't just look at my um, GPA and my grades, that they actually took the time to interview each candidate um, so that they were able to assess the adversity that they had to overcome and the variables that this person may have had over this other person. Although my GPA was very competitive, I think it gave me an extra leverage for them to see what they couldn't see on paper that I'm a mother, that I was in full-time school. Um, yeah, so I did appreciate the fact that they took a more holistic approach to the application process. So the interview section of the process, did you find it fair? Yes. And were there any schools that you considered attending uh, other than Seattle U? No. <laughs> Seattle U was your Only place Seattle U. Yes. Do you think why Seattle U fit into, I mean... How do you think you, you will fit into Seattle U at, at the very first moment you take a look at the, the website and the applications? Um, honestly, I fell in love with um, the attention to detail that they had um, with their fall, like fall 
what is it called? I think it's like fall preview day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you came and you like picked your program and they took mm-hmm. you all the way to the CPL lab and they got you to in love with the atmosphere and the small class size. I think when you're dealing with life and you're learning about how to like sustain life, it's very important to be in a classroom where you're able to interact with your professors and engage and ask questions versus in a university that it's like stadium seating and you have to contact the assistant of the assistant to contact the teacher before you can get any answers. And so I was very attracted to the program and the one-on-one that I knew I was going to receive. And I definitely have not been disappointed in in that facet. In other areas, it's... <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, as a first-generation college student, what are some of the challenges that you have faced or currently face on campus? As a transfer student, we don't really spend a lot of time on campus. Um, so it's already you feel kind of secluded from the culture of um, Seattle University and a lot of the programs or activities are never during the times that we are on campus. It's always like you got to drive back from wherever you're at. So I I commute from Des Moines. So that would require me to come back to the school to participate. And then I don't feel that the school and its activities are geared around family centered. So, for example, I brought my kids with me to an ice cream social, Mm -hmm. and the students who were hosting the ice cream social displayed nonverbal frustration that I brought kids with me, which they're kind of a part of the package. So I felt like I couldn't get an ice cream so that my kids can get an ice cream because she felt like it was just a weird dynamic. And so uh, I never went back to any uh, functions as far as because they're not catered to families. Um, Wow. Wow, it's shocked. I mean, it is a shock that you mentioned this campus not really facility for family. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty shocked. Um, well, especially because we present um, this school as um, adult friendly, yeah. and I think if you're adult friendly, you have to like understand the full umbrella of an adult. An adult comes with a husband or a wife. An adult comes with children. Oh, yes. It's not just an individual. You're not catering to your normal like fresh out of high school atmosphere. Well, before we dive any further, how are you feeling, Stephanie? I'm feeling great. (laughs) I know you mentioned that, you know, you have midterms. Yeah. Is it hard? Is it hard for nursing midterm then? Um, I think because everything's important (laughs) and they don't really give you a good uh, study guide. (laughs) And it like every study guide encompasses the whole chapter and you're just like, okay, like nothing's out of it, out of yeah. the potential questions. I remember when I was in community college, you know, I asked my professor, can you give us a study guide? And he gave us this um, paper with a list of like bullet points of everything that was on the exam. And on the very end, it said everything is on the exam. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is not helpful. Yeah, this is not what you want. I mean, I, you know, I, I has a, a friend that's only on, on the nursing program. She's only... um about to graduate, I think next quarter, and when I when I take a look at her study guys, oh my gosh, it's kind of like a maze, you know, like a lot of things there. Anything why why the study guy looks so huge is because nursing is, is so important, you know, like you you say. Yeah, hats off people. to you. Yeah. So throughout these challenges and breaking points, have there been specific people or mentors or resources that have helped you through your college journey? Um. 
there definitely has been um, specific individuals, but I have to honestly say that the only reason why I had access to that is because I am an Alfie scholar. Come (laughs) on, Alfie. (laughs) But um, honestly, if I wasn't an Alfie scholar, I think... um, I would have struggled a lot more Mm -hmm. um, because, for instance, days when we have snow, Mm -hmm. um, clinicals aren't canceled or our classroom is pushed back to the time that they're allowed to have students. So if we had a 7 a.m. class, the teacher would email and say, hey, guys, we're going to start at 10. And as a mother, if school's canceled, my kids' schools are canceled. Mm -hmm. So what am I supposed to do with my three kids? And um, Carol would always volunteer for me to bring my kids on campus, and she would watch them while I went through pharmacology. But had I had not access to that, Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have been able to go to class, and I would have missed vital, um, missing one day of nursing classes, like missing equivalents of like two weeks, because Mm -hmm. they go through two to three chapters in one setting. And have there been any other resources that have helped you through your experience here at Seattle U? Could be any uh, anything. It could any be a a, be a, a people. It could be a people like a professor. I'm really fishing here. <laughs> I mean, there's been inspirational faculty um, who I've been able to vent to, but I think there's a difference between venting and actual application, and. It's great to be able to vent, but most students who are venting are also looking for um, not just intervention, but maybe assessment in a sense where like, hey, did you know that this resource was available? Hey, did you know that this was available? For instance, last quarter, um, I hit my our family hit a major financial crisis um, where also we had our like it was just a really bad quarter. Got in a car accident. Somebody broke into our house. They stole our property. Um, and uh, we didn't have enough finances to mitigate through that. And so I had been, like, given the opportunity to go meet with somebody who was, they had access to, like, an emergency fund, um, which I would have never utilized this fund if I didn't truly, honestly need it. And when I went to go access that fund, it got denied because financial aid said that I, had, I should utilize my loan options um, to mitigate my finances when, as an adult, I don't believe in... If I wanted a loan, I'd use a credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it got me thinking about the financial principles that we're instilling into young people to utilize loans as an option to get out of, like, a, a crisis. And so I was really turned off by that, honestly. And so, um, needless to say, I did not use a loan, but... It made life a lot difficult because I can't work as a nursing student. There's just no way that I could balance a job and three kids. Like at some point, something has to give. And I wasn't willing to sacrifice my parenting or to sacrifice my education. For I think you're doing a lot. I mean, the amount of roles that you do in a day, a mother, a student, a, a wife, that's a lot. That's, every, that's a lot of things. And I think a lot of people forget that first generation um, college students come with additional variables. We don't have people who have gone before us. So essentially, we're treading new territory. And so with that new territory comes with lack of support because the family doesn't really know how to support you because they've never gone through this route. Um, And then what some family members get intimidated by the fact that you're actually trying to get educated. And then they think, oh, you're 
trying to be better than us. No, I'm really not. You know, I'm just trying to make like attain sustainability, right? Mm -hmm. Some type of stability so that my children don't have to like struggle. And so throughout these hardships, what's something that keeps you going? My children. Could you tell us their names if you feel comfortable? Oh, yeah. Um, Akea, Ethan, and Grace Adele. Um, the fact that they, I feel like as an example setter, I can't, I, one, I'm a very transparent person. And in my parenting, I love my children to see my academic failures. Mm-hmm. I let them experience um, my frustration and to a degree, obviously, um, so that they know and understand that in this life, things are not going to come easy. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to have to make raw and hard decisions. You know, but you have to put in all the effort if you want to see the reward. And unfortunately, there are seasons when there's influx and then there are seasons of dry seasons. But either way, like you have to be consistent in who you are. And so in order to validate my example setting, I have to continue because if not, then I would end up being a hypocrite where I tell my kids to go to school and to never give up. Yet I give up when I face way too much adversity. So shout out to all your kids. All of your kids. <laughs> right. Clap for them. Yeah. Clap for them. Yes. <laughs> shout out for them. So as we are progressing through the interview. Mm-hmm. Um, here's some enjoyable questions that I really like to ask people. Do you speak any second language? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> and what is it? I speak Spanish. Spanish. How do you learn it? Because I... I know a little bit of Spanish, but only the, the beginner level. How do you learn it? Uh, ESL. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> English is my second language. You should ask me how I learned English. I'm just joking. Um, I love being Hispanic. Uh, it's one thing that I've grown into like being more proud of. Because when I was younger and I had a heavy accent, I remember working really, really hard to remove my accent out of my language. Yeah. But now I'm like... No way. Like, I'm so much more prideful of just being Latina and just the what I bring to the table. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, it definitely shows your passion, your energy. I think I understand your feeling because I, I used to have like a, a thick Vietnamese accent and I, I tried my best to remove all of it. And it took me like 10 years to do it. And sometimes it's, it's impossible, you know, like try to remove your thick accent. Um, is there any moment that you receive unwanted comments because you have a thick accent when you speak English? Um, I think a lot of people don't believe I even Eng- uh, English was my second language, um, the way that I perfected it. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up in junior high and high school, I would hear a lot of like uh, little comments that would get me super frustrated (laughs) like go back to your country and I'm like well one I'm not Mexican I'm Puerto Rican so I am a U.S. citizen hello uh let's uh let's learn our our history here (laughs) so could you tell us a little bit about your home how would you describe your home could you maybe talk about your feeling when you think about the word home um my home is not a structure Um, It's not governed by what state I'm in or my home is where my heart is, where my kids are at, where my husband's at, um, where my faith is at. Um, Because the reality is like 
I've had seasons of plenty and seasons of none. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to be content in them, just like Apostle Paul says, you know, um, to learn to be content in, in, in plenty or in want. And I think if we center ourselves to what's actually important, mm-hmm. which is family, which is health, which is faith, um, it that's that's where my home is because that's where I draw my strength from. That's where I draw my hope from. And that's what makes me who I am, mm-hmm. not any status or position or uh, monetary items, but more of who I am because of what of those that are around me. Um, Stephanie, is there any dish or drink or maybe a song that reminds you about her? I mean, anything with arroz con gandules, pasteles, <laughs> platano frito, um, any of those Puerto Rican cuisines. But uh, I'm also in love with Italian food. So that's why there's not really any specific song or meal that makes me, like, yearn. Although when I do see, like, let's talk about the Super Bowl real quick. Um, when I did see uh, J-Lo display her Puerto Rican pride, and the Latin dancing and the music just made me want to, like, just be in Puerto Rico again, to be around that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the privilege of being able to go this summer. And awesome. when we were at a restaurant, um, the, the the owner was very friendly and just loving. And it's just, like, what you don't experience here. And we were getting ready to, like, we paid our, we paid our meals and we were getting ready to leave. And the waiter or the owner was like, excuse me. Like, come and give your aunt a hug and a kiss. Like, te vas a ir sin darme un besito. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So it was just, like, to feel like you're amongst family all the time um, mm-hmm. made me miss and desire for my kids to be surrounded by culture and be more surrounded about the genuine love yeah. um, that they that I felt when I was in Puerto Rico. And they didn't even know that I was Puerto Rican. They would just, it didn't matter Mm-hmm. Um, what nationality you were. They greeted you with that love and that acceptance. And it's something that we're definitely missing here. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The connection. And, yeah, that connection. I mean, it's, it's really relevant to my story because whenever I think about home and home is Vietnam, I think about dish, I think about Vietnamese cuisine, I think about a bowl of pho. It's hot, it's tasty, and it, it just makes me feel like, oh, I'm here in Vietnam, in the middle of Saigon, enjoying the hot out there, the rainy out there, everything. It's just, you know, perfectly fit into um, into me. Um, if there's any advice that you, you want to tell your younger self, maybe when you were 18, 17, what would you say? Hmm. Dear younger me. <laughs> <laughs> I think, honestly, um, although I faced a lot of adversity and a lot of um, self-inflicted trials and trials that were preventable or not preventable, is just to, I don't know, honestly, there's not nothing I would change yeah. because it has made me who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I could tell younger me or any younger um, Latina women out there or women in general is to appreciate what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, don't take for granted um, the moments you have to impart or to spend time with your grandparents or your parents or 
um, those who genuinely love you. Um, I know that at times it may seem invasive Mm -hmm. and like they're just trying to like invade your privacy. But reality is like those are the seasons that I look back at and Mm -hmm. like wish I had more of, you know, Mm -hmm. and like you realize that who you are today was because of those moments where you were irritable by what they were saying. Um, But to actually take moments to reflect on like, is this, is this valid? Like, is this person really saying this? Is it validity versus just shutting it off and be like, no, you don't know me type of thing. And I think I was very hard shelled because of the lifestyle I lived. Um, But as I matured, I learned to really accept what other people were saying um, especially if it was out of a person's mouth who genuinely loved me yeah. and it wasn't out of strife, mm-hmm. you know? And so if I could tell younger me, that's, I'd be like, calm down, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, put yeah. the little Puerto Rican anger aside, <laughs> be receptive and understand that it's out of love, you know? Yeah. So one question that we ask each of our guests is to fill in the blank. And the thing is, when I say I'm a first-generation college student and I am, you fill in the blank. And so I'm going to say I'm a first-generation college student and I am. Oh, my God. I, can't, I thought I could fill in the blanks a lot quicker. Um, it could be any word or phrase that comes to your mind. Say it again. I'm a first-generation college student, and I am... Killing it. <laughs> Killing it! <Woo-hoo. laughs> Thank you so much, listeners. Thank you so much. For Project First Gen, my name is Chevy. And I'm Teddy Vo, Siyamo. And I am Stephanie Sanchez. And stay tuned for the next episode.